0: is rising on an emerging generation of kings welcome back if you are to join us, my name is Daniel Alawatu. I'm going to be the pastor of Kings, Kingdom Influences, and Nations, Generations, and Systems. Our desire and our passion is to see the Kingdom of God expressed on earth in every nation, every generation, every system. We are big on love. We are passionate about discipleship. And we are sold out to the Kingdom. It's a buzzing spiritual family. And we want it to be a part of us. Now, I'm going to be answering answering some questions that some of the precious members of Kings have asked. Uh, in the past couple of days. We've been talking about the supernatural, ID Supernatural, especially as part of our power series. And today is dedicated more so to delineating what I call the daily disciplines for the supernatural lifestyle. And as a part of that, I want to answer certain questions which I believe are pertinent and will really help you resolve certain issues that you might have found difficult uh, in the past of your life. So the very first question is from John. very precious Joan. Uh, and she says, This is about sowing and not seeing fruits yet. I fall under that category. I want to know what to do better, how to pray better in this aspect because I have been expecting. I am still expecting, although I haven't really focused much on what I have sowed because I'm believing and waiting patiently for God's time. Now, I believe that this is a very important question, I and mean, there are so many believers who have gone through. Through the space, or who are actually in the space, when they're like, you know what? I serve, I sow, I give. Maybe I confess and put the word. Why is it that I'm not seeing the harvest that I believe I deserve? Why is it that it seems as though there's certain delays in my life? Why is it that you know I feel I feel like some kind of leading of the spirit of God? I believe the spirit of God saying, saw this, and I haven't. Expectation. Well, I'm going to look through a couple of Bible verses that will help us understand God's mind about sowing, and then I will do some kind of prognoses and make certain suggestions as to why you might not be seeing the results you desire. So let's start with Psalm chapter 126. Psalm 126, from verse 5 to 6. It says, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. I want to start from that premise to see the word of God. The word of God is categorically clear. It is very explicitly expressed. That sowing and reaping are part of God's system. In Genesis 8:22, it says, As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. So sowing is not man's idea, sowing is God's idea. Now in the book of Psalms, it says, Those who sow in tears shall reap and joy. It says, He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Get his sheaves with him, his sheaves or her sheaves, as the case may be. The him here is generic, which is talking about all of mankind male, female, young, old. Now, once see this, the principle of saying and ripping is not a scam, it is God's ordained system uh, God's ordained reward system that governs the earth and I need to qualify a couple of things there now when we go to the book of Genesis Galatians chapter 6 7 to 8 watch this Galatians 6 7 to 10 rather it says do not be deceived God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore as we have opportunity, let us do good to all Especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now want to see seven parallels there And the Old Testament talks about the law so reaping. The psalmist is actually talking about fiscal grain That if you plant grain in the earth, you're going to reap that. Now in Galatians 6 He's not just talking about material things even though it can be extrapolated to that But the primary application in Galatians 6 is talking about even spiritual things that if you sow to the spirit if you sow to the spirit or sow in the spirit, to the spirit, you will reap life and peace. But if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. Now, whether you are sowing naturally or sowing spiritually, there are certain parallels. And one of the parallels that the Bible tells us here is that if you meet the conditions for sowing, if you meet the conditions for reaping, rather, in sowing, you will reap. Now, what are some of the conditions in sowing? Number one, you've got to check your seed now it's possible for a farmer to look at seed and then say at least I'm planting seed but then the the biological uh, help me the botanist or the cell biology and geneticist there's a word like that or the special agricultural scientist looks at the seed and he sees that that seed is damaged it is possible for you to offer unto God a sacrifice that is actually not acceptable. So one of the things you want to check is, what is the seed you are sowing? Is it a fleshless seed or is it a spiritual seed? How do you know a fleshless seed? A fleshless seed is oftentimes reactionary. A fleshless seed is somewhat tainted with a wrong motif. So the why is also as important as the what. So are you sowing the seed so you can reap a harvest and then show people that Golan live pepe then (laughs) is that that why you're doing that or are you doing that because you want the glory of God to be on full display so check your seed also you want to look at this are you sowing what you feel like sowing or are you sowing what God told you to sow now don't forget that the primary seed is not the money or the time or the energy or the investment you're making in somebody or ministry or man of God the primary seed is the word of God that's the real seed and so if the seed you are sowing is not rooted in the word of God, you might want to change that seed. So for example, let me use something that most of us can identify with. Identify with. Offering time. Now, if during offering time you just, you know, give what you feel like given or f- give based on uh, the current economic indices, it may, check my words, I didn't say it is not, but it may not be a spirit led seed. And so that seed is not spiritual, if I can use that word. So there's a problem with the seed. That's number one. Number two, you want to check the soil. You want to check the soil. What does the soil mean? The place where you are planting the seed there is such a thing as good ground there's such a thing as hot ground or bad ground or barren ground or cursed ground how do I know in Matthew 13 the Bible says the sower went to sow his seed and that yeah, some seed fell amongst by the wayside some sea fell amongst thorns and some seed fell in hard ground that had no death And then some of the seeds were planted on good ground. So there were four kinds of seed, four kinds of ground. Now again, that parable is primarily talking about the different kinds of hearts of people. But in sowing as well, there are certain people who are not good ground. Oh my goodness. There are certain environments that are not good ground. There are certain spaces that are not good ground. Why? It could be that what they're doing is not in tune or in line with the word of God. It could be that uh, the circumstances governing the operations. Maybe there's some mismanagement in that space. And it's a possibility. I'm not saying that's the only reason. But it's an area to check. Am I sowing in good ground? How do you also know good ground? A ground that is productive is good ground. A ground that is yielding increase is good ground. A person can be... a good ground. A man can be a good ground. A woman can be a good ground. An orphanage can be a good ground. Charity missions can be good ground. Kings is definitely good ground. When you plant, you reap. I know that from experience, right? Number three, you want to check is the seasons, and this is why where many of us we actually run into trouble because we get tired of sowing. Now, look at what it says in Psalm one twenty six. It says he who sows in tears shall reap in joy now so many of us we know what it means to sow in joy so if all the seeds you are sowing is enjoyed, maybe you've not sowed the kind of seed that will change your life. <laughs> because some seeds will make you cry. Some seeds will make you like stay awake for a lot longer. Because you're thinking and calculating in your mind. I remember one time I gave up an offering. I was very was a teenager. I went to a, a sudden minister's meeting. A sudden uh, when I say ministers, was a church conference. But it was a special guest that came to minister. I'm not particularly sure. I think it was either Reverend Judge Adekuwe or um, or Bishop Michael Koko, I remember the church was um, a chapel in Uluyale in Badon. Now, my parents live in Jiari, Iagoku in Ibado, and I don't know how many people know that, but the difference or no whether that is, but the distance between Uluyale estate and my parents' um, house um, driving was maybe something like 12 15 minutes, about 12 15 minutes, and so walking distance must have been maybe about an hour. But guess what happened? I sowed in tears. There was an altar call, there was a call to sow, to give. And I said, I was a teenager, I don't remember how I was, but I remember I was in secondary school then. And I sowed in tears and I walked home. I believe I walked all the way home. If I didn't walk all the way home, that means I got just one bus that covered a, a, a cab that covered a part of distance. Now, that's a part of sowing in tears. So there is a Season where God will allow you to sow in joy, but there are certain seasons where God wants you to sow in tears. Now, having said that, for some people who have actually sowed in tears, sometimes the tears may last for a while or a season. That's why the Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but guess what? Joy comes when? In the morning. So he says, He that goes forth continually with So what do you do if you've sowed? You know it's good ground. You know it's good seed. You know God instructed that. You are convinced that God told you to do it. And your heart is in the right place. And you sow in good soil. You've not seen the harvest. What do you do? Keep on sowing. What do you do? Keep on giving. What do you do? Keep on making the sacrifices. That's what the Bible says. He said, He who continually goes forth, Forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing shall doubtless. Somebody say doubtless. Oh yes. Somebody say doubtless. Shall doubtless, doubtless come again. We'll rejoice and bring the ships with him. Now um, in Galatians six, seven to ten, he says, "And let us not grow weary while doing good." let us not grow weary why is it there in the bible because it's easy to grow weary you do something over and over it looks like there's no results you get tired you get frustrated you get overwhelmed you get uh uh, frustrated you just get just weak but it says let us not grow weary in well-doing why it says for in due season due season is when you will get what is due you in due season it says we shall reap what's the condition if we do not lose heart if we do not lose heart It he says therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all especially to those who are of the house of faith final scripture I'm going to read on of the switch now over to the next one Ecclesiastes 11 verse 3 he says if the clouds are full of rain they empty themselves upon the earth and if a tree falls to the south or the north, in the place where the tree falls, then shall light. The first part is what I want to apply is the clouds are full of rain. What it means is... There's a dimension of given that you operate in that the harvest has no choice but to come all the way down. If the clouds are full of rain, they will of themselves give water upon the earth. And Ecclesiastes also says, give a portion to seven, eight to eight. It says, cast your bread upon the waters after many days, many days, that seasons are gonna pass, you're gonna find. So what do you do? While oh, waiting, keep on sowing. What else can you do oh, whilst waiting? He says, do good, especially to this is of the house of faith." Find somebody in your space and you can give to that person. You can also sow into the prophetic. The Bible says, He that gives to the righteous man shall receive the righteous man's reward. He that sows to a prophet, who he that honors a prophet, honoring is not just about giving, it next sense given, right? But shall receive a prophet's reward. So, those are things that you can do once you ascertain that the soil is right, the seed is right, the motive is right, and then you move on. Okay, now the next question is this. The supernatural ability to defeat the battles I have in my mind. Here's a question, another question. About supernatural ability to defeat the battles I have in my mind. I've realized that most of the time, I'm fighting dark thoughts and imaginations in my prayer place. And this is something that just started of recent first I had to fight fear and now this I don't tire (laughs) that's literally that's literally what this person actually uh, says There, I don't tire and many of us can identify with that now I'm going to read a couple of Bible verses as uh, we as we answer this question 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 it says for though we walk in the flesh We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled, this will take 30 minutes, but I'll try to do it in three minutes the first thing I want to encourage you with is this if you're a believer and you have all those thoughts in your head and you know even like dark thoughts depressive thoughts thoughts about death thoughts about rape thoughts about murder negativity those are dark and demonic thoughts that you have it is not unusual how do I mean it's not unusual if we have enough time we'll go to the book of Acts chapter 6 where it talks to us about the armor of God and one of the things about the armor of God is that we have the helmet of salvation what does the helmet do helmet covers the head why is that important this is important because God knows that the enemy is going to attack our heads is going to attack our thoughts. He's going to try to overwhelm us, to consume us, subjugate us, suppress us, oppress us, harass us mentally. So if you're being attacked in your mind, it's not unusual. Many of us go through seasons where those thoughts pop in our heads. But God gave us a blueprint and a strategy. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. So the first thing we've got to realize is this Is war. Someone attack that in the comment box right now. This is war it's not a hobby lobby (laughs) it's not just something that you're going to wish away, it's something you've got to be aggressive about now anybody that is passive in the time of war will eventually become a casualty but that's not your portion in the name of Jesus Christ you will not be a casualty of war but you need to have a militant mindset and not just think oh well I'm going through the world it's just everyone, no, this is war, you're being attacked because you're precious you're being attacked because you're a believer you're being attacked because God has downloaded certain things in your mind that the world needs. So you're being attacked. So number one is Realize that you're in war. Number two, it says the weapons of a warfare are not cower mighty through God. So realize that you have weapons. What are those weapons? Ephesians 6. You can study that. Right? And then it says that these weapons are for the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments and every heighten. other one says imagination. And every heighten exalts itself in his knowledge of God. breaking every thought. So there are three dimensions of this. And if you've been through Master Life, I believe you've touched on this as well. Number one, thoughts. Number two, imaginations and heightenings, right? And number three, strongholds. Now, when anyone wants to attack your mind, it starts with a thought. A thought can just be an idea that drops something that comes into your space. But you don't have to allow that thought take root. If you allow that thought to take root, it's like sowing and reaping. When you allow that thought to take root, and you begin to color those thoughts with imagination, and fear, dread, and uncertainty, what's going to happen is they will become a stronghold. They will solidify, they will concretize in your mind. So you deal with the thoughts How do you deal with the thoughts? You don't deal with the thoughts by thinking, you deal with the thoughts by speaking. Come on, somebody. So if there's a thought that comes again you saying you will die, what do you say? The Bible says that you will punish, that you bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So if the thought says you will die, what do you say? You say I shall live and not die according to the word of God. Oh, with long life shall I satisfy, according to Psalm 91 verse 14, and show him my salvation. I proclaim that I live out my days. Like Jesus said, no man takes my life away from me, I lay down. No one takes my life wherefore I shall not be cut shut in my pride. You will speak those words and it may look like you're just talking to yourself. Somebody in your space might not know that there's a war going on but the Bible says that you cast down arguments. Now think about this. It's like uh, the, law, the the a lawyer in the courtroom Uh, what do you have the arguments back and forth back and forth but one of the things that is happening is that the lawyer the spokesperson argues quoting certain cases that are written in the Constitution and also bearing witness so after speaking the word of God concerning those situations you will also be a witness you also be a testimony. How do you do that? You will say like David, the Lord who delivered me from the land and the bear shall also deliver the uh, uncircumcised Philistines into my hands. You begin to recall the times of the Lord delivered you, the Lord healed you. So like you said on the question, you said before it was fear. So how did you deal with fear? By the written and spoken word of God. How do you defeat that thoughts By the written and the spoken word of God. That's what Jesus said. He said to the devil when it was sent in the Matthew chapter 4, it is written it is written it is written of course you can also study Ephesians chapter 6 and we talk about the armor of God I believe that helps now let me read number three question number three question is pretty straightforward does the supernatural work for inanimate objects like can I command a dead inanimate object to come to life if there is, what is the premise for it? Now, when you say an animate object, uh, um, I use the word dead here. I believe what you're saying is maybe like an animal, maybe like a plant, maybe like uh, things like that. And the Bible makes it very clear that we have that kind of power and authority in Christ. Now, one of the things I want to say is this: Jesus spoke to the winds and the waves and they obeyed him. The Bible says that when he spoke peace and said the steel, commanded the waves to the steel, disciples marveled amongst themselves, saying, what manner of man is this? We know that Jesus also spoke to a tree. In fact, let me read that for you in the book of Mark chapter 11, 20 24. And Peter remembers that in Rome and Luke, the fig tree which he cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, he will remove from the castings of the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Mm-hmm. But believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says therefore i say to you whatever things you ask for you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them believe believe what 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 it says that you receive them and you will have them now this is very powerful i'm going to tell you why it's so powerful so of course, Jesus spoke to trees, uh, the, the tree dried up. Jesus said, if you speak to this mountain, um, if you have faith as Jesus wants to see, you say to this mountain, either over you the middle, cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Jesus spoke to the wings and the waves. But when he's speaking to us about that, he says, have faith in God. No one says have the faith of God. But this says, have faith in God. Don't have faith in yourself. Don't have faith in your circumstances, have faith in God. Then it says, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and will have them. In other words, effective prayer is rooted in God's will. We don't just pray what we want or what we wish. We don't pray our wishes, we pray his will. We don't pray our desires, we pray his decrees. We don't pray our illusions, we pray his revelation. So can a dead tree come back to life? If God wills, can the winds and the waves be still with the power of God coming through your words or through your mouth? he wills. is why Jesus said that when you pray, if you don't have any doubts in your heart, he is that believe that you have those things, so believe that you receive them and you'll have them. What's the saying? Believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them. Now for me to receive anything, it, it means that somebody's given it. It means that my prayer will not be effective until I first of all see what God has given me. So if I'm praying for somebody else's wife, that's definitely a soulish prayer, which is not rooted in the will of God. Similarly, if I just want to speak to a dead tree, for a dead tree to come back to life just for the sake of showing power, that's soulish, that's not spiritual. If I see a dead cat on the road, and I want to show you that very powerful, very supernatural, speak to the dead cat. That's out of my flesh. So I need to ascertain three major things. Number one, who gets the glory from this? Is God going to get the glory from it? Is God going to get the glory from it? Number two, is it his will for this to happen? Is it God's will for that which I desire to happen? Number three, is it God's will to manifest this dimension of his power through me. How do I know this things are very important? Because Jesus said John chapter 5 verse 17, My Father is still working and working. He also said, Now which I see my father said, I do nothing except now which I see my father do. That means all the miracles that Jesus did, we have already rooted in the will of God. Don't forget, this is Behold, I come in the volume of the books. It is written of me to do your will, O God. So can he not make things receive life? Yes, if God wills it. Now that's attained that. Uh, through the Spirit of God in my heart. Number five, question number five. I want to build an ark like Noah, or see into the future like you, as like me, or heal. However, it seems like my request in quotes is becoming like a broken record. Lord Blueprints, shout to Lord Blueprints. Am I not asking right? Is my desire even what God wants? once, do I need to train? Well, it could be a combination of all the different things. But I'll tell you, in simple terms, the first thing you want to ascertain is this, is my heart in the right place. Because I'm the supernatural, I tell you what, it is not a difficult thing, do you know why? Because you are not the person doing it. The word of God says the spirit of the Lord shall come upon him, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of the Lord shall come upon him. The Bible says that God works many mighty miracles, which miracles by the hands of Paul. So it's the spirit of the Lord, it says God was with them, working, uh, it's confirming the word, with signs and wonders. So is my heart in the right place? Now think about it like this. If you have a tap that is open, that is run, and you have a host, that is tied to the tap, but not in sync with the opening of the tap. The love of the water is flowing, but it's not flowing through the host. Why? Because the host is not aligned, the host is not in sync. So, I want to ask the question first this things I want to do, this healing miracles I want God to do through me, this amazing breakthroughs I want to experience in life, this impartations of grace I want the Lord to do through me. Why? That's a question all of us must ask. Why do you want God to raise the dead through you? Why? You know, is it just for pride, personal, grandissement, and all in all? Now, one of the ways in which you will know your why is for you to ask yourself the question, what are you doing with the natural gifts that you have? First, so before we speak about the spiritual gifts and the explosions of grace spiritually, let's think at the material things, the material resources that we have, time, energy, our uh, gifts of speaking, listening, cooking, uh, painting, architecture, videography, cake making, whatever your, your gifts are, are you being faithful with those things? Let's read from the book of Luke 16, 10 to 13. Luke 16, 10 to 13 says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, he's talking about money and material things by extension. If you're not faithful with that, he says, Who will commit to your trust the true riches? What are the true riches? Riches from on high, revelation, insight, power, anointed, grace, treasures, heavenly treasures. It says, who will commit that to you? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servants can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mama. What's the heart of this? The heart of this is this, watch this. That faithfulness and service are connected. What is also true is that there's a connection between the way you handle material things and the way you handle spiritual things. Jesus is speaking here and is saying that if you're not faithful in natural, material things, in earthly things, if you're not faithful in normal things, in physical things, then don't expect to move in the supernatural, my goodness. So, if you're not faithful in the way you handle your money, the way you distribute your time, the way you allocate your resources, the way you take care of mundane businesses, if you will. So, when we look through the Bible, we see that many of the people that God used mightily, God looked at the way they were handling material and natural things. Peter was not called in a temple, Peter was called from his business place. So for everybody who wants to move in the supernatural, if God has entrusted a business into your care, how are you handling that business? How are you managing that business? How about Elijah? Elijah was not called from the tabernacle. Elijah was called from the business place. God looked at what he was doing. time in counsel. he called him. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the reason God called him was because he had been, you know, faithful with the sheep. But. Can I propose to you That without being faithful with the sheep Or with the oxen He would have delayed the manifestation Of his assignment So many times what God unlocks Great power within you He gives you great responsibility That may not look so powerful Listen to that Many times what God unleashes great power Through your life He gives you great responsibility That may not seem very powerful David was a keeper of sheep You, You remember that? so how am i being uh, faithful with the resources i have the other part of that faithfulness is are you being faithful with somebody else's own any time i'm not faithful with other people's responsibilities and delaying my own promotion see god does not look at how you just how you handle your affairs to promote you it looks at how you handle the affairs of other people come on to promote you. So you wanna check that out. Now, the other part of it is, of course, there's a place for being trained. There's a place for growing. And part of being trained is to feed more on this kind of teaching, to listen over and over and over and over again, to meditate to music. I'll talk about that shortly. But you have to feast more on this kind of teaching and allow it to marinate in your spirit. You pray through it. You tongue through it. You speak and pray in other tongues through it. And you allow the spirit of God envelope you. But let me give you another thing that you need to do. Many of us and I was reading this and praying through it before uh, this message. The Lord said to me to tell us that many of us already have more than we are using. Many of us already have use it. So how do you practically walk in the supernatural? If somebody's going through a crisis around you in your space, offline or online, can you volunteer to be the supernatural agent? Oh, that allows the power of God flow in that situation. You have to do that. So someone says, I have a headache. Can I pray for you? Someone says, I'm heartbroken. Can I pray for you? Someone says, oh, I feel defeated. Can I pray for you? Someone says, oh, someone's daughter died or someone's baby died. Can I pray for you? And you do that. He says, sometimes you might be describing because the answer did not manifest the way you thought it would, Right? But with some training and consistent meditation, or like you will grow in that. Supernatural so gifts are also very similar in the way you, you walk in them to your natural gifts. How do I mean? And if you have a speaking gifts, of course you might be speaking very well at the age of seven or nine, but there's certain things you don't know. The certain things you don't know about the psychology of the audience the old you don't know about the use of storytelling or humor or metaphor and all of that so singularly spiritual gifts you have them but you also have to be trained and you get better with use the bible talks about those who have the senses exercised by reason of use so how do you use by serving and it's not about the church bathroom it's in the salon it's online it's on zoom it's on instagram walk in those gifts I believe that someone is getting something. If you're getting something, type in the comment box say I'm getting something. Write out something you've gotten so far. Write out the key points, a key thoughts, a key thoughts that you've gotten so far. Put in the comment box. All right, now questions six and seven are very similar. So let me read what question six is, and then I'll read what question seven is. Question six, how do I access supernatural provision for my family and for myself. I'm literally tired of financial obstacles. My family and I have definitely outgrown our present home, and I know God has better plans for us. So I want to know what to do to activate our supernatural provision. What words I need to speak to command doors of supernatural abundance to flow in my family. That's question six. Now, question seven. How does one access the supernatural Be it provision, healing, divine insight at will. (laughs) Is there a specific spiritual routine one must invest oneself in? Now, these two questions are very important and they'll bridge into my very short teaching for today. I'm gonna be teaching for just about 25 minutes um, after a very brief break. But let me share some preliminary thoughts about this provision issue. I think one of the things that many of us need to do is to realize the two um, governing parameters on the earth. When I say two governing powers, I'm talking about God and the devil. I'm talking about the two forces that are in place. One is the supernatural force. The second is the natural force. By natural, I'm talking about canal, I'm not talking about earthly. I'm talking about fleshly. I'm talking about natural laws. What are natural laws? Gravity is a natural law, aerodynamics, natural law, sowing and reaping is a natural law, but it's also a spiritual law. Now, there are also spiritual laws of favor, right? So, the spiritual law of favor supersedes the, the natural law of sowing and reaping. Oh, my goodness yeah even though there's also an intersection between fever and sin really why because if you're so messy you're regressive you're so grace you also grace. right but the reason i'm saying this is for many of us we tend to swing from one dynamic to the other we tend to swing from the spiritual law to the natural law but god intended for both of them to function together in the new man. What I mean is this, so look at, let's look at the Bible. Spiritual law, famous of spiritual law, divine provision of spiritual law, graces of spiritual law. And we see that operation in the Garden of Eden. How do I mean? God planted a garden in the east, right? And called it Eden. And the word says that out of Eden there was a river that broke into four different places, right? now that was a spiritual law that's the gift of grace Adam did not plant the garden Adam did not uh, pray for the garden Adam did not sow to get the garden are you following the star God gave him the garden that's spiritual law however when God placed Adam in the garden he said to Adam walk the garden tend to Tend the garden, till the garden. So that's the match of the spiritual and the natural. Why am I saying this? Because many of those believers will say, I one spiritual provision, I must sow and I must reap. Let me sow and pray and sow and pray. That's a spiritual law, okay? But he also says, stand the garden. That's a natural law. What it means is any human being that works his field, other kinds of products will have plenty. You can read really that in Proverbs chapter 10. You till the ground, you're satisfied with bread. However, as a believer, not only are you guaranteed plenty in the earth, you also enjoy the excess supply of heaven. Now when I say the excess supply of heaven, what does that mean? Revelation about where to till. Revelation about what to tell. Revelation about what your field is. Because it's possible for you to labor and toil in a field that is not yours. So for spiritual provision, supernatural provision, one of the things I want to understand is those two laws must be, you must be operating those two laws. Sowing and reaping, what is sowing and reaping? Your offerings unto the Lord. Your giving unto the Lord. Uh, Your percentage given unto the Lord. Discipline unto the Lord. In terms of your finances, that's spiritual. But also natural. Are you diligent in your business? Are you studious? Are you material? Are you particular? Do you serve your customers well? Do you follow up on promises? Do you have the right logo for your business? Are you doing the right job? Should you resign and start a business? Should you fold your business and get a nine to five? These are the questions you need to ask, all right? Now, having said that there is such a thing as the devourer, there's such a thing about as the enemy, because the word says that the devil, it comes to steal, um, to kill and to destroy The thief he says Comes to still kill and destroy But I'm coming like, to have life and have more abundantly. So there's there's also the protective part So you want to ask yourself the question Is it that I'm not receiving anything at all Or is my harvest being held up Is my harvest being hijacked Is my harvest actually being stolen Remember Daniel chapter Daniel prayed and the word says that The angel eventually breaks through and comes to him it says from the very first day you began to pray, God heard you. So there are many of us who already have the answers in the spiritual realm but you need to deal with the thief. If you know you're sowing, and, and you're sowing right, and you know that you are a working right, and you're still not getting the increase, guess what, a thief might be involved. So he needs to deal with that spiritual enemy. Now, we're gonna talk about some uh, disciplines because somebody uh, asked a question. He said, is there a specific routine one must invest oneself in? When we come back, I'm going to give you seven quick points. i will do my best not to spend more than 20 and half minutes on any one of them. Seven quick points and we will uh, have a whole lot more to learn in terms of tying all those answers together, making sure that we are all aligned, and we have exactly, uh, we know exactly what to do on a daily basis, right? Uh, to be able to walk in the supernatural naturally. Now don't go anywhere! What you're gonna do in the next 20 seconds is that you will type on the comment box I think two, three things that have stood out for you in the answers I've given so far. Type in the comment box and don't forget share 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 the link we're here to flood the earth with the knowledge of the will of God. I hope you're getting some out of this. Don't worry, what you're getting so far and I'll talk to you in about 20 seconds. Whatever the devil is wrapping itself around in your life, he's a weapon that he fears. Did you hear what I just said? Whenever the beast of hell is wrapping itself around your hand, he fears that they watch this. It is wrapping itself around your mind. The devil fears your mind. That's why he's fighting mind games. Whatever the enemy is attacking in your life is an indication of what he considers a threat. When he's attacking you with all kinds of things around your mind, oh, schizophrenia, double-mindedness, confusion, delusion, watch your mind, it's because God wants to use your mind to breath some ideas, instructions, solutions, strategies, and things into the earth. Welcome back. Chris, you having a great time. We're having a fantastic time today at the Garden of Kings, just going through certain questions that are pertinent, questions that I believe that many of us have asked asked at some point in my Christian or we are asking right now. Now, if you have questions that have not been answered, you will do well to leave them in the comment box because we will look for other avenues that our social media platforms for next week to take on those other questions. Now in the remaining about 20 or so minutes, what I want to do is to give you what I call daily disciplines for a supernatural lifestyle. What are the daily disciplines? What are the things that you should focus on every day? If you want to see an increase in the manifestation of the supernatural in your life. These are things that all of us have been called to do, and the way you respond to them will actually determine how much of the supernatural you experience in your life. Type in the comment box, put daily disciplines, daily disciplines, daily disciplines. Let me say this, God doesn't want the supernatural to be an annual occurrence in your life. It's not an annual general meeting. It's supposed to be a daily experience you ought to experience this on the go at home, at work, on the job, wherever, wherever you go, the supernatural carry that atmosphere, that consciousness with you. Seven quick things as we go. Get your pen and your notepad. You need to write this down. Number one is this: meditate continually on the love of God for you and for mankind meditate continually on the love of God for you and for mankind. Why does God do the supernatural? There are many reasons, but there are three major reasons. Number one, God does the supernatural as an expression of his love for the recipient of the supernatural. If God is healing, that healing is an expression of God's love for the person. If God brings provision, provision is an expression of God's love. Now, if if you love somebody, would you want to see them in sickness and disease? If you love somebody, would you to see them in lack? Chances are that you wouldn't. So that means that God is expressing his love. His love. Miracles are a love language of God. One of the love languages of God. Miracles are one of the love languages of God. Right. So the supernatural comes to demonstrate the love of God. Number two, the supernatural comes to manifest the power of God. To manifest the power because God is powerful, He's omnipotent, He's so powerful. And number three, it comes to display the wisdom of God. Right. So meditate on the love of God. Many people are so stuck on the want to see fireworks and you know, flames and things burning here there and everywhere. But God wants us to enjoy. His love for us. So meditate continually on that. It's difficult for you to walk in the power of your father if you don't know how much your father loves you. In fact, if you try to walk in the power of your father without knowing how much he loves you, you will feel like... A hypocrite, you will feel like an imposter. You will feel, you know, there's that term right you now in the culture, the syndrome. Uh, you will feel like somebody who's trying to use so part. Well, when you mention the love of God, 1 John 3 1 2 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us. Because I did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And as not yet been revealed, we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. what the writer here is saying what John is saying here is that the greatest expression of God's love for us is not even the fact that miracles happen through us but that the Father loves us so much that he gave us his DNA that he gave us the gift of sonship. when you meditate on that you will begin to grow in your confidence in the provisions of divine grace aka power aka supernatural so meditate on the love of God think about it to God you love me Jesus, you love me too much, oh, too much, oh. So sing, you know, focus on the love of God for you. Meditate on it. Color it in your mind. Be convinced about it. Don't let the devil lie to you. Number two, memorize and meditate on the word of God. How? Continually memorize and meditate on the word of God continually. In Acts chapter 6 verse 4, the apostle said, for we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. To give yourself to devote yourself. There are many of us who are giving ourselves to different things. You're giving yourself to candy crush. You're giving yourself to candy who's a crush. You're giving yourself <laughs> to Netflix, hopefully not Netflix, and chill. What are you giving yourself to? God says, I want you to experience my power because you can't effectively demonstrate my power until you sit with me in the seat of power. It's difficult for you to stand and demonstrate my power if you have not, first of all, knelt. And submit her to my power. James 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves to the Lord, then rebuke the devil, and it will flee from you. I don't think that enough of us meditate enough on the Word of God. We must meditate to muse. Method means to muse. Sit on it. If you remember the message I preached, the New Year's Eve service 2019 coming to 2020, I spoke a lot about meditation. Go listen to that message to bless your life. So give yourself continuality to the Word of God. The Word of God is food for your spirit, man. The more you chew on the word, the greater you grow in strength, things of the spirit. Number three, pray in tongues, habitually. Pray in tongues, habitually. Let me talk about all this and do your best to spend at least an hour combined praying in tongues. If you can do it one full stretch, that'll be great. And it's at least that means you want to keep growing and increasing it and expanding it. But you want to take out time, 15 minute chunks, 30 minute chunks, one hour chunks, two hour chunks to pray And you want to have compounded seasons. Compounded seasons when you are just like really immersed. Immersed like immersion, you know immersion? Our uh, three day, 12 hour a day session or just pray, do that in your life, you don't have to wait for a gathering pray, saturate yourself, pray in tongues, why is that very important the Bible says that he that speaks in a known tongue edifies himself and then it says build up your souls in your most holy faith, Jude 20 build up yourself in your most holy faith praying, how? in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, First Corinthians 14, 2-4 for he who speaks in a tongue that does not does not speak to men but to God but no one understands him however in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he will prophesy sanctification. So speak in tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's the language of your spirit. That's the language of your spirit, man. That's communication with the headquarters. That's how you stay in touch. Praying in the Holy Ghost will put you ahead of your times. Put you ahead of the seasons. It will help you enter into a bridge into the intelligence of God. It will help you buy into the heart of the Father. What do you do when you're going through things you don't understand? Speak a language your body doesn't does not understand you cannot be speaking grammar to a situation that grammar cannot construct. Did you hear what I just said? To a situation that grammar cannot articulate, the natural vocabulary cannot articulate. You speak in tongues in the spirit, and the Lord will download as you meditate, download the meaning, and you speak words of power on the outside. Are you getting this right now? So, if you do that, you speak consistently. Let me show you something real quick. And why am I saying an hour? Matthew 26 40 to 41 Then Jesus came to disciples and Found them sleeping and said to Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He said, Could you not wait with me an hour? Check out the word he uses here watch. Another one says, Wait. That watch or waiting means, Could you not linger, stay here, oh, my lost paro for one hour? He said, Is it too much for me to ask? And that's what God is saying to somebody today. Is it too much for God to ask for one hour of your time every day? 1 Corinthians 14, 18 to 19, it says, Paul says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I would rather speak five words but I understand that I may teach also others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So when you speak in tongues, also speak Also, seek to get interpretation so that your mind is fruitful or your mind is knowledgeable or intelligently informed about what your spirit already knows. So, pray in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you meditate on the word of God. Then, also have Bible reading targets. Have Bible reading targets. Oh, uh, my part of my targets, my daily target is I need to read an, a, a whole epistle every day. I don't always meet the target. Sometimes I exceed the target. But have Bible reading targets. My wife and I went through the Book of Revelations um, not so long ago, and we read as I read about two and a half days. I think she read about two and a half to three and a half or four days. I don't remember what the statistics are. But have those Bible targets. I want to read the Gospels in the next one week. I want to read. Matthew in the next one, one week or four. Matthew, Matthew, Luke, and John the next four weeks. Give yourself this personal tag. You can also download devotional from you version to grow uh, as you pray. Number four, believe that you are an ambassador of God's kingdom. Don't just say to them, and a the child I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am. Believe it, believe it, you're an ambassador. Who's an ambassador? an official, a delegated officer that represents the interest of his whole country in a different country. So an ambassador is somebody who's been commissioned from another country. So see yourself on earth as an ambassador. You've been deputized, you've been commissioned. Mm. You've been commissioned. Oh, you've heard that term before, deputy, high commissioner, you've been commissioned by heaven to be in that space. So if there's any kind of demonic traffic in that space, you are the licensed officer, say, hold it! Everybody, say, hold it! Shout it right now, say, hold it! Think about that sickness in your life and shout what? Think about that delay in your life and what do you shout? Think about the nightmare you've had and what do you shout? Think about the loss of money or property and what do you shout? Think about the failure and the shame and what do you shout? Shout hold it in the name of Jesus when the enemy comes, right like a flood. The Bible says the Lord will lift the stand against them. What do you say? Hold it, says, behold I give you power to tremble upon Satan's copies over every part of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies have you. So see yourself, Second Corinthians 5.20. It says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As, as though God were pleading through us, we employ you on Christ's behalf. to reconciled to God. Paul is speaking to people about God's message to them. And His first speaking primarily to, uh, about the mission of reconciliation. But as believers also in prophetic warfare, we declare the word of God and the power of God as representatives of heaven. Number five, I'm running. Number five, actively seek opportunities to express the kingdom of God. How do I mean? Don't just wait for, you know, you're waiting, I'm waiting for a situation to come. No, actively seek it out. There's a popular story by Archbishop Benson and Daosa, of blessed memory, great man of God, that God used to break many things open in the spiritual landscape of Africa. And one of the stories, I think, the very first time the Lord raised the dead through him, he had a message in a sermon. And the pastor said that Jesus raised the dead, and that Jesus lives in you. Whatever Jesus can do, you can do. You can walk in the power of Jesus Christ. Do you understand what this man, do you know what this man did? He said, looking, went to me, in the pastor said, Pastor, this thing you preach, is it true? The pastor said, yes. He said, this thing you said, can I do? He says, yes, If you have faith in Jesus. That day he went all around the city, all around the town, asking, is there any dead person here? Is there any dead body here? Is there any dead body here? Eventually, he finds a house, oh, come on. And he prays for this young person, I think it was a lady, a young girl, and the person came back to life. We need to become more forceful, more aggressive, more determined not only to hammer and show the world that we have come no but to show the world that Jesus has come and he lives on the inside of us and we are looking for that person with HIV AIDS, we are looking for that person with cancer, we are looking for that person with covid actually. We are looking for that person who's got a sickness. who said I will pray for you. I'm am an ambassador and not functioning by my own limited power, my intelligence or narrow perspective. I bring to you the power and the promise of the kingdom of God. Come and somebody say amen to that. Somebody shout amen. Shout I'm an ambassador. Oh let that ambassador resound as you say it. Think about it. I'm an ambassador. I've been equipped. I've been catered to. I've been catered with grace. I'm an ambassador. My needs are met. Angels and assignments around me. I have supernatural authorization. I'm not going beyond my job description when I enter into a place and I displace hell on somebody because I carry the life of God number six but faithful in other areas of your life I cannot emphasize this enough before Jesus began to walk miracles in public at the age of 30 now watch this the son of God God came in human form and he does not start walking miracles in public until he's 30 what was he doing before 30 he was being faithful in the material realm. He was being faithful in his father's house. He was being faithful. You see, it doesn't God, cost God much to do the supernatural through you. But Jesus did it in just three and a half years, but live for 33 and a half years. So so he spent about just 10% of his life. But there are many of us who are so eager and who are so impatient and who are such in a hurry. And God said, can you be faithful with that forex trading? Can you be faithful with that big coin? Can you be faithful as the usher? Can you be faithful as the protocol and logistics officer? Can you be faithful in the, on the music team? Can you be faithful as the person synthesizing the sounds? Can you be faithful? Because you've got to ask yourself the question, why did Paul go into the wilderness of Arabia for all those years before he comes on the scene? Many of us are not ready for what we're asking for in terms of public ministry, but God wants to groom us in private faithfulness where he will open doors of private ministry and eventually when the big stages come, it will be flowing like rivers of water. Somebody say, I choose to be faithful. but faithful with your finances. but faithful with your sexuality. but faithful with your emotions. Be faithful with your mind. Acts chapter 8, 5 to 8. Acts chapter 8, 5 to 8 says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and preached Christ to them and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did why for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and there was great joy in that city now what happened Philip went to Samaria, he prayed the gospel, he actually left Jerusalem because of persecution, he prayed the gospel, there's a massive revival in that city. Question is, who is Philip? Acts chapter 6 tells us that Philip was one of the deacons appointed to serve tables. What was Philip doing? He was serving rice and beans. What was Philip doing? He was serving panellia and a goosey soup. What was Philip doing? He was serving fried chips and egg. In modern lingo, he was seven food, he was giving welfare packages, he was distributing bags of rice during lockdown isolation, applying to the temporary times. And then the next thing we see, Philip is walking miracles. There are many of us who are so eager to work miracles, but we don't want to serve tables. And God said, once more, faithful in little things, so I can make you a ruler over much. A ruler over much. Say that louder. A ruler over much. Somebody say, I'm faithful in little things. Who knows, maybe Philip or said walking in the miraculous while I was serving food. Maybe who will eat the rice that he served and they will get healed. Their ulcers will be cured or something. I don't know. But the faithful in you know, little things. And final number seven celebrates genuine manifestations of the supernatural and give God all the glory for them, whether they are done through you or not. Celebrate the moves of God in this ministry. Celebrate the moves of God in a different team, a different department. Celebrate the moves of God in another ministry, as long as a general and how will you know the Spirit of God be as witness to the spirits of the sons of God who have made a man's situation. For you have the Spirit of God and He guides you to all truth. What does that mean? You have the Spirit of descendants. There's some miracles that your spirits will just not rejoice over, not your flesh, not your soul, but your spirit. And that could be an indication that there's a disconnect somewhere. Somebody some of the so these seven disciplines will help you they may seem simple but you need to schedule them and let's practice them this week maybe what you want to do is take one discipline a week and we'll create a structure around this actually one discipline a week What's the, what are we doing on Monday? And of course we're going to do everything every day right but the emphasis for each day will be different number one meditate continually meditate on the love of God for you and for us number two memorize and meditate on the word of God continually number three pray and tongues, habitually. Number four, believe the an ambassador of God's kingdom. Number five, actively seek opportunities to express the kingdom of God. Number six, the faithful in the other areas of your life, particularly middle things. And number seven, celebrate any manifestations of the power of God in other people's lives and in your life as well. Don't keep those testimonies supernatural to yourself. Celebrate, Testify, magnify, glory to God. is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this grown community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 908 123 one more thing someone you know needs this kindly share this how